Welcome to the University of Michigan Dentistry Podcast Series, promoting oral health care worldwide. We would like to take a few minutes this morning to introduce you to the uh, various pieces of equipment that are going to be required to make a mix of dental amalgam and the manipulation that will be required to uh, go through the various techniques of condensing, carving, and eventually finishing the set amalgam. The most important piece of equipment that you're going to be using probably in this technique is the mechanical dental amalgamator. You've purchased in your kit the Wigglebug dental amalgamator. Uh, this instrument will properly mix or triturate your dental amalgam so that it can be usable in the techniques you'll be carrying out. As this piece of equipment comes to you, there is <clears throat> a tag on the side denoting the fact that there are two screws in the bottom that must be removed before the amalgamator is turned on. If you turn the instrument on its side, you'll see two screws that are colored in red. The other one down here. These screws must be removed before any power is put through the machine. Several screwdrivers will be available in the laboratory for you to use <coughs> in doing this. These two screws uh, should be set aside and kept with your amalgamator. These will be used in the event that the, the machinery or the equipment is going to be transported or moved any great distance. It will keep the rotating mechanism from giving you, from being damaged. The mercury and the silver tin alloy are put together into a amalgam mixing capsule. We'll discuss this more in detail later but the uh, mercury and the silver tin alloy are then placed uh, into the forks of the machine. These are forks under quite heavy tension, but they can be spread apart just enough to insert the capsule. Put one end in first and then rotate the other one down. You can see it in place. Now, uh, when the machine is turned on, this cap, this, uh, the forks and the loaded capsule move in two directions. They move back and forth, and they also rotate uh, crosswise, which gives a figure eight motion. If we can turn it on very, very slowly. You can see how it is an eccentric movement, and it runs in a figure eight pattern, moving back and forth and sideways at the same time. Moving down to the front of the machine, the timing mechanism uh, dial is set in units of seconds, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 seconds. The knob on the side has a line scribed across it that is set uh, to mix a given number of seconds. 
Here we have it set for 15 seconds. In order to activate the machine, this knob is moved all the way down to the start position. That gives you a 15 second mix. At the bottom of the dial is an off-on manual switch. This is used for instantaneous uh, off-on manual operation. It gives you about one to two seconds of uh, amalgamation time. In triturating or mixing your dental amalgam, the important aspect of this is the capsule and the, pre and the proportioning of your mercury and your silver tin alloy to give you the proper uh, plasticity and workability of your mixed amalgam. You have purchased your amalgam pre-dispensed uh, in the spherocap form. This is the kit that it is furnished to you in. If we open the kit, Take time to read the directions. These are put in here for a purpose. They will subsidize the uh, work that we have given you in terms of, of mixing. You have here uh, 25 mixes of amalgam. The yellow ones are single spill, 350 milligram mixes, and the orange ones are double spill, 700 milligram mixes. Otherwise, they're exactly the same. In these predispensed capsules is sufficient mercury and alloy to give you a 48% mercury mix. Let's open one of these capsules and see the contents uh, as it is packaged and sent out. The capsule in order to activate the capsule, the plunger must be depressed completely down into the uh, capsule itself. This releases the mercury and the plastic pestle into the lower chamber where they can be properly triturated and mixed together. If we open the capsule, We can take out, first of all, from the lower chamber, the 350 milligrams of silver tin alloy powder. Then by holding the upper stage on the glass slab and depressing the plunger completely down in, we can release the plastic pestle and the mercury that was required to make the 48% mixed with 350 milligrams of powdered alloy. In making a mix, the single spill yellow capsules should be triturated for 15 seconds, and the double spill orange capsules should be triturated for 20 seconds. If we take a single spill mix, and if we activate it, 
completely. Then insert it into the forks of the wiggle bug. The dial is set for 15 seconds. Bring the timing switch around to the start. Upon completion of the mixing, remove the capsule. Open the capsule, tap both sections to remove amalgam, separate the pestle, we have asked you to test the mixed amalgam using the straight end of your Ward's C carver. As this amalgam goes through its setting reaction, it will initially be of maximum plasticity, and then it will progress to a medium usable plasticity, and progress on to an insufficient, unusable type of plasticity, and finally it will become brittle or very non-carvable. To test this, take the amalgamated mass and attempt to slice very thin sections from the edge. The degree of resistance offered by the setting mass to the sharp edge of the carving instrument will help you to determine some clinical judgment for when the amalgam is passing through these various stages of its setting reaction. Once the amalgam has been completely triturated, it is ready for placement in small increments into the prepared cavity. To carry small incre increments of the softened plastic mass into the prepared cavity, a number three amalgam carrier is used. As the carrier is compressed into, the barrel of the carrier is compressed into the softened mass, the amalgam is forced into the barrel of the carrier. As the trigger is compressed, the plunger comes down that barrel and deposits the amalgam into the prepared cavity. After each increment of amalgam is placed into the prepared cavity, it is condensed with heavy pressure against the cavity floor and walls. In order to affect this pressure, an instrument is used which has a flat surface that can be pressed into the plastic mass of setting amalgam. These instruments are termed amalgam condensers. They are double-ended instruments with each head having the same geometrical shape on the condensing surface, surface, but one end being somewhat larger than the condensing surface on the opposite end. Each student has purchased a set of five amalgam condensers. They are marked CD1 through CD5. The CD1 condenser is the smallest of three round-faced condensers. It is used in smaller or more restricted areas of cavity preparations. The CD2 condenser is 
of the same geometrical shape, but somewhat larger in size and used where access is more available. The CD3 condenser is the largest of the three condensers and is used where there's greater access for condensation and in the larger cavity preparations. From the flat condensing surface, you will notice the rounded beveled area as the condensing surface blends off into the blade of the condensing instrument. The CD5 condensing instrument is a similar circular faced instrument with the large end of the conden uh, condenser having a rounded condensing surface similar to the small end of the CD2 condenser and the small end of the CD5 condenser similar to the large end of the CD1 condenser. The advantage of the CD5 condenser is the angulation of the condensing surface to the shaft of the instrument. The blade uh, of the CD5 condenser approaches more nearly a 90 degree angle to the shaft of the instrument than does the CD1 set on the left side of the screen. The CD4 condenser is similar in angulation to that of the CD1, 2, and 3 set, but the condensing surface is elliptical or ovoid in form. One end of the condensing instrument has a condensing face with the long axis of the ellipse parallel to the long axis or to parallel to a plane through the shaft of the instrument. The other end of the instrument has a condensing surface perpendicular to the long axis of the shaft of the instrument. These instrument, uh, this, these condensers are used over, to condense amalgam over a broader area in narrow portions of the cavity preparation. In condensing, the pressure applied to the setting amalgam uh, is applied in a vertical direction through the condenser tip. The condenser is held in a typical pen grasp with the third finger and the thumb providing stability in a horizontal direction and the index finger used to apply the pressure uh, apically. Heavy pressure should be applied and as the condensing takes place, a rocking motion is used to apply as much work as possible to this material. In the laboratory, the die which you'll be using basically is two parts that are keyed together. Rem if the lock nut is rem removed, the die can be separated without removing the screw. There are two metal Uh, keys which insert into two holes on the other half of the die to ensure replacing the die in the exact same position. This being done, the lock nut can then be replaced. There are four cavity forms uh, on this die. The first form is referred to as a simulated class one form. 
The second form is a simulated class one form, but in a premolar area. It's a dumbbell in shape. The third form is that of a class five, simulated class five restoration. And the last form is simulated uh, to look similar to a class two preparation. The larger section being quite a bit deeper than the smaller section. We can return to the class one molar form and make a mix. We can then condense into this and demonstrate the condensing technique. Upon completion of the mixing, the capsule can be removed, broken open, and the mixed mass placed into the shallow end of a Dappen dish. The pestle can be removed. The mass is ready to pick up with the carrier. And to deposit into the cavity form. We'll begin the initial condensation of this plastic mass by selecting the largest appropriate condenser face consistent with the cavity form and one that will give access to the internal angles. In this particular case, we use the small end of the CD2 condenser. Conde condensation is carried out in a stepwise manner, overlapping each previous condensation step with the succeeding step. The second increment of amalgam is picked up in the amalgam carrier. It's dispensed into the cavity preparation, and condensation will proceed uh, as previously described. After approximately half the depth of the cavity is completely filled with condensed amalgam, the uh, condenser is changed and with this, in this case, we'll select the large end of the CD2 condenser to continue the condensing of the amalgam. What appeared to be excess amalgam can now be uh, reinserted into the cavity and condensation can proceed using the larger face. After complete filling of the cavity preparation, a final increment is placed and overcondensation is carried out using the largest of the condenser faces. In this case, we'll select the large end of the CD3 condenser and begin stepwise condensation to get complete condensation of the amalgam mass over the marginal areas. We want to overlap these margins and get adequate compaction in these uh, marginal interfaces. Complete condensation of the mass involves using very heavy pressure to get proper adaptation. If you've applied approximately eight pounds of pressure to that condenser tip, by the time you've completed the procedure, you should feel the tension in your finger muscles.
The word sea carver is then used to uh, carve flush this excess amount of material that has been over condensed. keeping the carver on both sides of the cavity uh, form at the same time will prohibit carving to a deficiency. Now, excess amalgam deposited in waste receptacles can lead to problems. And you will have an ointment jar which should be purchased from the health services. This is to be used strictly for your amalgam waste material. is merely removed and kept in this jar for uh, reclaiming by some of the dental manufacturers. This has become an environmental problem and should be very carefully controlled. One of the advantages of using the predispensed capsule uh, is that the uh, availability of free mercury in the dental operatory would be somewhat minimized. The polishing and finishing of dental amalgam involves the production of finer and finer scratches upon the surface of the amalgam until it eventually reaches a high gloss stage. Here we have the simulated class two form that has been uh, held for 24 hours after packing <coughs> removed from the die, and we'll now demonstrate a little bit of the finishing and polishing sequence. In the exercise, you'll be using, first of all, the flame-shaped number 47 green stone and the 242 steel plug finishing burr. Then we'll be using slurries of extra fine triple X silex and tin oxide in the Robinson soft cup bristle brush and also with the unwebbed black rubber cup. And then there are three of the Moore's snap-on discs to be used with the uh, Moore's mandrel. The flame-shaped greenstone is inserted into the latch head until it seats completely. The latch grip is pulled over and the, instrument, and the stone cannot be removed from the head. The carrot-shaped green stone can then be rotated at a slow rotational speed and moved in harmony with the incline of the carved groove. Once the ripples have all been removed and the surface appears uniform, and whatever texture that particular abrasive will produce, it is then ready for evaluation. We have here some silex powder, and we'll make our slurry by adding several drops of water. That appears to be sufficient. It should be a very thin, watery slurry. This to avoid overheating during the 
polishing sequence. The silex slurry should then be carried to the operating site and the amalgam polished, utilizing either the black unwebbed rubber cup or, as in this case, a moistened Robinson soft cup bristle brush. The cup is held in such a way that the edges of the cup polish the groove and the uh, internal parts of the cup will polish the incline. This can then be rinsed off and that surface again fully evaluated. The last method of finishing we'd like to show you is that of using one of, more, one of the Moore's snap-on discs. The Moore's mandrel must be used with these discs and placed in the same manner into the latch head. This is one of the double X fine waterproof discs with the snap-on brass center. The center is placed over the tip and then forced to place and it will snap into position. Then we have asked you to use the flat surface which would simulate the proximal surface of a class two restoration and using the disc, apply this in a similar manner, very light pressure, very intermittent type stroke until that surface appears uniform. This can be, then be repeated with successively finer discs progressing from the fine sand to the extra fine waterproof and finishing with this double uh, X fine waterproof disc. Each of these surfaces as they're produced should be evaluated under the binocular microscopes and progressive uh, roughness or surface texture can be noted and evaluated with each abrasive. You've been listening to a presentation from the University of Michigan School of Dentistry, which is dedicated to supporting open learning and open educational resources. This recording is licensed under the Creative Commons. It may be reused and redistributed for nonprofit use. Please attribute materials to the University of Michigan School of Dentistry and redistribute under this same license. For more information on how this and other University of Michigan School of Dentistry recordings may be used, visit www.dent.umich.edu license.